So the, the topic we're going to address is where the name of this series is The Inner Mechanics of the Torah. And throughout the year, it's going to be a monthly share, we're going to try to keep it to the Inyana de Yoyma topic. But the idea will be to try to get an insight in how halacha formulates, how it was developed and how it developed over different time periods. That'll be one aim. And also to go back a little bit, at some point I hope to address how it is that Asmachta, Drasha, Xer Shavas, how all those things play into the Gemara that we learn. What does an Asmachta mean? What is its importance? What kind, what, what status does it have? Divrei Kabbalah versus Divrei Seifrim and etc. All those things I hope to as we go along at some point during the year to address. So th- today, the topic we're talking about is the fascinating development of Minhag, in particular when it comes to the three weeks, nine days, and Tishabav, because it's very different. You, we don't have really Minhagim that work this way any other time of the year, where the Gemara says one thing, a very limited thing, and then Klal Yisrael took it upon themselves to expand it to expand it way beyond what the Gemara required. Didn't make new things, it just took what the Gemara said and chose to expand it to a much longer period of time and much more severity, much more chumrah. And what's also fascinating about it is how the Sephardim and Ashkenazim took such a diverse approach to it. Sephardim took one approach and Ashkenazim took another approach and that needs to be understood. Why and how did that develop? What was the reason for that? So we're going to be talking about, again, the three weeks, nine days, and Tisha B'Av. So whoever has copies, you know, you can look along. You don't really have to have a copy. It was just, you know, the SSAs. So the, we're going to start with, what is the Iker Halacha? What actually does the Gemara and the Mishnah require us to do in Avelis for the Charbon? So it's a Mishnah. The Mishnah is on Daf, Chavav HaMebez and Masechtas Tainus, towards the top of the Amud. All it says is Mishinechnes av memayatin besimcha. So it starts from no 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 shivas or betamas. It starts from rishchaydish, and starting from rishchaydish, it says memayatin besimcha. Memayatin besimcha is not very clear what that means. There is some clarity given in the Gemara. Sir binyanim shel simcha, certain kind of major undertakings which are very happy, joyous undertakings we don't do. So that's mission. That's just starting from rishchaydish. Now, Shabbos Shechal Tishabav Lies B'Seicha. So now the first real Avelos begins with Shabbos Shechal Tishabav Lies B'Seicha, which ostensibly we might not even have this year at all. Tomorrow's going to talk about that a little bit also. It ends up being a Machlekes Machaber and Machlekes Rishayinim. But uh, when Tishabav falls out on a Sunday, you certainly don't have it, but we'll say Tishabav falls out on a Thursday. So Shabbos Shechal Lies Tishabav B'Seicha starts from Sunday. Asr mila saper, you're not allowed to cut your hair. Um mila chabes, you're not allowed to wash your clothing. Uva chamishi mutarm, you cut a Shabbos, but Arab Shabbos, you're still allowed. Assuming chamishi is not um, Tishabav. Erev Tishabav on Erev Tishabav, loyachaladim shnei tafshilan, and then on Erev Tishabav itself, the advanced avelos is just that how you have to eat your sudasam of sakas. So all we see in the Mishnah is that on Shvua Shachal by Tishabav, there's an Isra to cut your hair and to wash your clothing. Basaviyayin, eating meat and drinking wine, no mention of that. And uh, no mention of making chasanas, no mention of music, 
All, all those things are mentioned. Now, you go to the Gemara. The Gemara starts on quite a few Amudim later, on Da'af Choftes Amid Beis. So the Gemara says, uh, Basically, the Gemara goes through, where should we start over here? The Gemara on the top of them, it says, Shabbos shechal tishabav liyas b'soycha asurim l'sapar l'chabis, you're not allowed to take haircuts and wash your clothing. Amrav nachman l'shanu al-chabis v'lulboish, you're not allowed to wash it if you want to wear it. Av al-chabis v'l'aneich mutter, if you want to wash it and put it away, it is allowed. Like give it into the cleaners for after tishabav, Rav Sheshish Amrav fil l'chabis v'l'aneich mutter. So they disagree, they, there's uh, just uh, some details exactly how far this iser to wash clothing goes. Uh, then it talks about if you only have one thing to wear, are you allowed to wash it? And then it talks about um, ironing, giyutz, which is called in the Gemara. Is that us or is not us? Or differentiates between Babel and Eretz Yisrael, depending on how much they starched it or whatever it was. And that's about it. The Gemara, towards the end of the Amud, discusses the, our situation when there is a Shabbos uh, Tishabav. What, what is the Halacha? And there the Gemara first introduces the concept of it being us or more than Shavuot Shechal by Tishabav. Reb Meir says, "V'noyeg Avel." This is uh, four lines from the bottom. Tani idach v'noyeg Avel mirosh chaydish v'ada tani zivur Reb Meir. So there is an Atana, Reb Meir that says, "V'noyeg Avel from rosh chaydish." Already starting from rosh chaydish. Okay, so there's the nine days. Reb Yehuda, I'm a kolak chaydish kulay aser. Reb Yehuda says, after Tisha B'av too, the whole chaydish have your aser till all. Shem Gamliel Omer and the aser al oisah Shabbos uvad. You only aser that Shabbos. And they all darshaning the same pasuk. They have all question what the source is. In the end, the Gemara says, Rava says, "Is halacha is kerb shemigamliel and halacha kerb meir tavayalukula," which means we use one one's kula that he says nothing before shuah shalchalbay. It doesn't start from rishchaydish, and we use the other one's kula that after you're done with tishabav, there's no more, no more avela. So Rava says very clearly. There, is, uh, there was an option to start these Avelis from, from Rosh Chaydish. There was an option to extend the Avelis past Tishabav. Those, those were valid shittas of Ta'anaim. And Rav says, we don't do that. Rav says, we go Taraya Lakula. We don't start the Avelis before Shua Shechalboi. And we don't continue the Avelis past Tishabav. That's the way it ends when you finish with the Gemara. Now, the first one to really just like make a, de- make, make a point out of the fact that we as practicing Jews have kind of lost touch with what the Gemara says and what is a minig is the Bach. The Bach says, in the right in the beginning of Simon Tavkuf Nun Aleph, he says, Hine la'asher roiv dine tishabav. So it's a second, like, uh, bolded paragraph here in the Bach. Hine la'asher roiv dine tishabav, hey minig shenag roiv Yisrael. The majority of dine tishabav are minhagim. Shenog Rav Yisrael, but Ikri Hadinim and what's really Meikra Din, like Noida Bineim, people don't even realize they know how to differentiate. O Mipneizen Ishtabshu Hahamoim B'Miktasam LaHachmir LaHakol Shalai Kedin. People, therefore, without 
being that they don't know to differentiate between what's the minig and what's the ikr hadin, they either are too machmer in certain areas or too makel in certain areas. Like hadin, al kain reisi lichtoiv tchila ikr hadin kedumus hagdama lemashi yaver So he takes it upon himself to know Rabbi Sai. Let me just teach you what's ikr hadin, and then you'll understand that everything else is minig. What's the difference if something is minig and if something is ikr hadin? Number of nafkimin is one obvious one that everybody is familiar with is that shavuah shachalbei were much more stringent with the halachas because they're meikr hadin. The halachas before Shavuah Shechalbay, we're mekel with, we're mekel with Siyumim more, we're mekel with uh, haircuts more if it's necessary, etc. Anything that's not Medina de Gemara, it's a minig, there's, there's always a concept, okay, it's a minig, like Kimblu Alai, we weren't mekabal on ourselves to when it's going to be too difficult, when it will prove to make life, you know, too, too untenable. But when it's meikr hadin, when it's Medina de Gemara, then there's much less leeway to play around with it. So that's why he wants to clarify that. And then he goes through the rest of this Bach. You can take a look. It's interesting. And he just establishes there's a concept starting from Rish of Mamayat and Besimcha. He says exactly what that applies to. Natiyah Shil Simcha, Binish Simcha. And then the Shvua Shechalbay. And that's it. Meikar Din, that's all there is. And then there were all the Haisafis with the Minhagim. So now let's see when exactly did these Minhagim begin and why they began, if we can. Now, what's fascinating, turn to the next page. Darek Moshe starts quoting the Minhagim. So when you look at the Minhagim, what's interesting about them is that we've seen that in Shavuah Shechalba you can't cut your hair, you can't wash your clothing. And that's only Shavuah Shechalba. Now some of them, we took these Minhagim and we threw them back to Shavasa Batamas, like not taking a haircut, we said, okay, that already begins from Shavasa Batamas. And then some of them we said, okay, that'll begin from, from, from uh, the nine days. Like not washing clothing, that'll begin from the nine days. Why did we take some things and throw them back to Shavasa Batamas? And other things we said, no, that only begins from the nine days. That needs to be understood. And it's not explained too much. We'll see what has been said about it. So the Dark Amesha says, uh, the first Dark Amesha I have here, this Sifkat in Hay, Minhagim Shalanu, that's the Minhagim of Rav Isaac Tirnau, it's one of the earlier Shainim, uh, quasi Achrainim, that. that Catalog bin Hagim, the Noihagim Isser to Spires, Mishivaras of Batamas Ve'elech. There's a minig to refrain from cutting here, starting from Shivas of Batamas and on. Vechain ain't noisim Nashim, Mishivas of Batamas Ve'elech. So, two things we do, well, we refrain from starting from the three weeks is cutting here and not getting married. Those are the two Minhagim. Now, are these things exclusively Ashkenazic? They are not. The Beis Yosef mentions it as well. He mentions it, um, he, he doesn't clarify exactly what he's talking about, but if you look over here, an Ois Dalid in the Beis Yosef, on the same page, he says, quotes a Kolbay, Kolbay is, is a, a Rishon, and he says, Ein Really, there's no Issa to cut you here, only the Shua Shechalbay, at a Tainus until Tishabab. And really, before Shabbos Shua Shechalbay, it's Mutter to cut you here. Mikal Makayim, Minig has Kainim. The meaning of all the elders, with Shalila Stapra Klau Shabbos, they shouldn't take a haircut at all before the Shabbos, and it doesn't say how far back to go. We'll see soon the call by. Kadeshi Kunsulium at Tainis Kishahim We want to come into Tishabav not with just four or five days of no haircut or four or five days of no shaving. We want it to be much more substantial. We want the availus to show. So we want to come in to Tishabav Kishahim and Nuvalim. We're supposed to look bad. That's the idea. It's not, it's not, the availus of not cutting your hair is not to be uncomfortable as much as it makes us uncomfortable. That's not the point. The point of the availus of not cutting your hair is how you appear, that you should appear disheveled and unkempt. That's availus. 
And I can t- not take care of yourself. So they, they didn't do it. Kadeshi They used to scream a lot. <laughs> That's interesting language. They would scream a lot at anybody who would do differently. So, okay, now we have a little bit of context. Why they added on to what Chazal said. They felt it wasn't enough. They felt they weren't demonstrating Avelis enough, and they therefore had the feeling that they have to start earlier. Okay, a start. To see why they felt like that. But the Beis of quotes this. Is this Minik Svarad? We'll see. There were a couple of different streams among the Svaradim. It's brought down in the Benish Chai. We'll see. we'll see some more about it as we go along. Now, the next um, Darke Moshe, <clears throat> not actually, the, not the very next one, but uh, towards the Towards the end, he says, Kosov Maharil. Kosov Maharil, Choya Oyser losses clay, Kaili lekoi vessis, Nachris, Mirish Chodish Veelech. He assert Kvisa, right? Kibus, which was also the second thing which was Asser Shua Shechalba. He already said it's prohibited from Mirish Chodish, from, from the nine days. Kaidim Mirish Chodish, sorry, but that is something you are allowed to do before Mirish Chodish. Chen Kosva Taisis, Perik Basar de Tainus, Bishem Rashi. So Tysus actually says that, I skipped that before, but on the Gemara we had before, Tysus does quote that in the name of Rashi, but it's not exactly so clear what he's talking about. He says, Rashi, Rashi our Rebbe, was machmir for us. And he's talking about when it was... Tisha falls out on Shabbos, so it's not a real Shua Shechalboi. He said they should treat it like a Shua Shechalboi. So that, Tysus does make mention of this concept that Rashi already extended Chumras. And he said, no, you need to do more than what really is Meikar Hadid. That's what he's quoting over here. So this is the Maharil, is Arminik, which we stopped doing washing laundry already from the nine days. Okay, now, when we talk about not cutting our hair, our beard, we understood the concept is, we want to come in to Tisha B'Av Kishayim and Nuvalim, the same thing is with the clothing. You, if you only can't wash your clothing for two, three days, sometimes no days before Tisha B'Av, if Tisha B'Av is on, sh- on, on Sunday, it's just not going to have the same effect. Whereas if for nine days you can't wash your clothing, by the time you get to Tisha B'Av, you're out of clothing, your clothing is all, you probably didn't have all that much clothing to begin with, so your clothing looks kind of beat up. So that's the idea. The next page, the Dark Emotion says, um, talks about washing, which again was not mentioned. We didn't have that in the Gemara at all. Washing body, taking showers. So the cost of Haran, Betainus, Beperak Shalisha Prokim, the Medina, Rechitza, Sharia. Really, you're allowed to wash yourself. Vachain, cost of a Magad Mishnah, the Medina, Rechitza, Sharia. Fill the Arab Tishabab. You're even allowed to take a shower, Arab Tishabab. Medina. So he says, certainly, Lachoy Shabbos, we should have been materit, right? But. And this is the guiding light over here, right? The, the Pites can say this again and again. Really, this should be mutter. Really, this should be mutter. Really, the Kavit Shabbos Chazanya should be mutter. But they were Nayagisser. And there was just no, nothing to really argue with. As Claudius Roe was Nayagisser, Poland, they were Nayagisser, Germany, they were Nayagisser. So that's the way it was going to be. <coughs> then they said, maybe you should be able to do Mayim Tzernim. No, you can't. And as we know, over the ages, exactly how to prepare for Shabbos Chazayin changed. And according to the strict letter of the Ramah, he says you shouldn't do anything for Shabbos Chazayin. You could wash your head and your feet with hot water and that's it. 
And as we know, with Chassidim and the Gra, they took a different approach. They said you could. Kavit Shabbos is more important. Certainly once we got to America and kind of the whole shower thing was getting very shaky, we definitely took that approach that Kavit Shabbos, we can take a regular shower. That's something that changed over the ages. But the basic concept here is that they added it. The whole thing. That means this, they made up a whole new thing which wasn't even mentioned at all. It wasn't just they took it from Shavuah Shechalba and extended it till Rishchaydesh or pushed it back till Shavas Batamas. They made up a new Avelos. No washing. Not mentioned in the Gemara. No, no one had this before. They said, we're going to take on a whole new Avelos. We're not going to wash ourselves as well. So, <clears throat> that's a, a, another, another fascinating aspect. The final Dark Emotion talks about not eating Basar V'yayin. Also something totally not mentioned. In halacha, it's not something which is on unsho- The only time there's an iser to eat basar v'yayin is suda hamafsekes itself. That's the only time the Gemara says you can't eat basar v'yayin, during suda hamafsekes itself, because that's a bizarre. The Gemara says a very sharp language for anybody who eats basar v'yayin. And that also is something that was taken on for the whole nine days, as I mentioned before. Either it's because of the carbon itself, they were able to eat basar v'yayin, or they... Uh, they, 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 they uh, Basar is connected to carbon shlamim, and yayin is connected to nesachim, and so on and so forth. And that's what he talks about. That actually is something that Sfaradim took on as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, they don't. They meet, no, no one eats meat the whole night. Well, from right? Yes, that, I think everybody takes that on. Okay. So let's see a little bit. Uh, in the next page, we'll see in the Kalbai just a little bit more of a background how, about these minhagim. <clears throat> so he writes. Pages right over here. Second. Okay. V'yesh nimnoim me'achilas basar mishenechnes av. Some people don't eat meat starting from av. L'fisha ain't simcha ala b'basar because they felt that simcha is with meat. Then he says, "Afal pikein ain't srichin lehimon and mitafshul shenesh vashal b'basar." His opinion is that a, a meat soup is okay. Why? The concept is we want to make ourselves feel bad. We feel bad enough by the fact that we're not eating meat. Then he writes an interesting thing. This is the rush. I saw a woman. They stop eating meat and drinking wine. They started already. They pushed that back to the three weeks. The chash of a woman until after Tishabab Vaimra Shekach Kiblu Mimasein Darachadar. So this was a woman thing for some reason. It was a woman thing. It doesn't say that it spread to the men. It was a woman thing. Like women don't do don't do malacha on Rishchaydish. Women stopped eating meat and wine already. They pushed it back to to the three weeks. He doesn't say you have to do that, but he says the concept of the three weeks is because Venerali Mishum Damrina Betalmid BeMishna BeYudzayin Betamis Batal Hatamid. Because starting from Shavasa Batamas, the Tamid stopped. So that's why they extended it back to Shavasa Batamas. Now we have a Pshat. So the not eating meat to extend it to the three weeks, the Pshat is because that has a symbolic, uh, has a symbolic meaning because in Shavasa Batamas is when Karbonus kind of stopped, at least the Tamid stopped. Then he says, Sounds like the minig actually began from the Sfaradim and then progressed to the Ashkenazim where the men also didn't eat uh, meat and wine starting from, from Rosh Chodesh. Fine. So that's one thing he says. Then he goes on to say, 
V'chosav, next page, V'chosav Baal HaHashlama, it's one of the Rishonim, Shemishenichnes Av, and Roi L'chabiz V'lagahet. So he extends washing clothing from Mishenichnes Av. Roi, ain Roi, right? He doesn't think it's Osir. He's not saying it's Osir. Ain Roi. Everybody should realize this, like he's trying to say. Realize this yourself. It's not the right thing, Lema'ed B'Simcha, because we should try to be Lema'ed B'Simcha. Even though really it's only also that Shabbos. So then he goes on, it goes with the halacha. So again, this is an early source where he's not saying it's Aser. He's just advising it. But clearly what ended up happening is that people took his advice and then it became a minig, and then it became a halacha. So then he goes on to say after that... <clears throat> Even though really the Ikra Allah is that Basar and Yayin is only Asr and Suda Mafsekes, he says, This is the Kolbe saying that Hinhigu Hurishainim, so that could be the Gainim. The whole day of Tish Erev Tishabav. And then Nagu Harbim Makaimis Levatl Shkita Mirishchaidish. Oh, he calls the Shabbos, etc. So either it's the whole week or already starting from Rishchidosh. Again, they're demonstrating that these minhagim developed. They weren't started from the time of the Gemara. They weren't started by the Gainim. They developed over time throughout the Rishchidosh. They might have just started from women. They might have just started from the Chain Roy or people. The Gesukainim wanted to come in and it spread and it took hold and it became a minute. That's how this went down. Now, you look in the Ramah, just to see the way this halacha is gepaskint. The Ramah says, is in Simon Tav Kuf Nun Aleph Siv Gimel, V'anu noigin lahachmir b'chol zem mitchilus rishchodesh ad achara all the things that you can't do shuvah shachalboi, we're noigin ready from tchilus rishchodesh until after tainus, and other, unless it's Tzarech Mitzvah. That's what he says there. And then on the next page, it's Sivdalit, he says, kibus. So got washing clothing, we stop from the nine days. Aval Tispira is cutting here. That already we don't do, starting from Shivas Abitamas. So what is the meaning of all this? The, the source that we don't, Sepharadim don't eat meat, is a Benish Chai, it's a, Mar- it's a Chaim Falaji, I quote it right now, but he says that was something they accepted. The Benish Chai suggests that Svaradim should not cut their hair either. Because he says, you know, the Beis Yosef quotes his Kalbai, and that was the Minik Hazakanim, and he really wants that the Svaradim should not cut their hair either. There were some Svaradim that took that on. I looked here, the Avad Yosef has a tshuva and Yechavadas. He says, Lemaisa, the majority of Svaradim did not take that on. And they only are annoying not to cut their hair if it's Shua Shechalbai, and if it's no Shua Shechalbai, they don't do it at all. So there were some different minhagim among Sephardim as well. So first let's address one thing. Why is it that some things we pushed back to Shavasa Batamas, Sabasa Viyayin, which we don't do, but at least we have a pshat in that, we pushed that back to, uh, to Shavasa Batamas because that's when it was Batul Hatamid, but we don't even do that. So why is it that specifically cutting here, we start from Shavasa Batamas, Be'chasinus, we start from Shavasa Batamas, but the other things we start from Rosh So there is a piece from... Um, Rav Yashiv Ber Soloveitchik, JB, where he wants, to make his, he wants to approach it in a certain way. Now, his approach is a very Gishmaka approach. He wants to deduce a halacha from it, which that, as many people disagree with. 
But his approach is a very Gishmaka approach, which has sources in the, in the Rishayinim. What he wants to say is like this. He wants to say that when someone loyalainu loses a parent, so there is a process of Avelos. The process of Avelos is first there's Shiva, then there's Shloishim, and then there's Yud Beis Chaydesh. Okay? So during Shiva, what's the halacha? During Shiva, you can't take a shower, you can't cut your hair, you have to sit on the floor. So it has a certain, uh, has a, the top level of Avelos. That level of Avelos, we practice on Tisha B'Av itself. We sit on the floor, we're full-blown Avelos, we don't wear shoes, we do everything that an Avel does. The nine days, he says, is Keneged Shloishim. Nine days is Keneged the Shloishim. During Shloishim, a person is not allowed to cut his hair. During Shloishim, a person is not allowed to take a shower. During Shloishim, uh, you're not allowed to have a chasana. Cutting nails is a shayla during Shloishim. So whatever halachas there are during Shloishim, apply during the nine days. You're not allowed to do laundry during Shloishim. Exactly the halachas of Shloishim are what are applied to the nine days. And the three weeks is Yud Beis Chaydish. Yud Beis Chaydish, really only the halacha is that you only take a haircut when it's gairim by, and in other words, you can't just take a haircut, you can only take a hair when it gets overgrown and you become unkempt, and uh, you, can't, you don't have to go to a chasana. Those are the only two things that are also over Yud Beis Chaydesh. That's what began from Shavasa Then And he explains it as follows. He says that when a person loses a parent, that's an Avelis Chadasha. So it works the other way around. It starts off with a bang. You hit, you hit with the Avelis and it's full forth, force. And then slowly but surely, it it lessens and it lessens as a person gets over it and a person moves on from it. So it starts with Shiva, it goes to Shloshim, it goes to Yud Beis Chaydesh. But the Avelis of the Beis Amikdash is the opposite. It's an Avelis Yishana. You, you need to get into it. So it works the other way around. First you start with the Yud Beis Chaydesh, then you move up a level to the Shloshim until finally you get to the concept of the Avelis itself of, of, of Tisha So that's a good approach. Now he, because of this approach, he wants to say like this. He says, look, the halacha of Yud Beis Chaydish is not a flat-out iser to cut your hair. It's only uh, when, when people, when Chaver of Goyerim, but you're allowed to cut your hair. It means that once you look unkempt, you're allowed to cut your hair. So therefore he says, though, at, mostly regarding shaving, he says nowadays in America, after two days, that you don't shave, it's already Chaver of Goyerim, that you look unkempt. So therefore, he says during the three weeks, there would be no, if you shave every day, there's no iser to shave. After two days, you can shave. That was his approach. Rav Maisha disagreed. Rav Maisha said, no, you can only do it if it's a question of you're going to lose money in your business. It's necessary. Otherwise, you can't do it. But that was the approach he took. He, he took the approach he took is that as the Allah of Yud Beis Chaydish, and therefore it has the leniency of Yud Beis Chaydish. On the other hand, he said, it also has a Chumrah. Because Yud Beis Chaydish, there are, certain, there are different kinds of Simcha you're not supposed to be doing. He says, maybe you shouldn't go to a baseball game during the three weeks. So he writes. So he says it has, you have to take both ends of it. You have to treat it like Yud Beis Chaydish regarding what you wouldn't do during Yud Beis Chaydish and regarding what you would do in Yud Beis Chaydish. That's his approach. There are sources that support this. There are sources that support this. That they, you see that the Rishonim did compare it to Shleishim. So that is a Gishmaka Mahalach. Well, the Halach of it is, is debated. Now, why is it that this developed so differently from between Sfaradim and Ashkenazim. This is a very interesting discussion. So I found some sources, and I have a speculative svar. I have my own theory. One fascinating source, and a couple of svarim that discuss it, they say like this. The Minhagim of Sfarad, and they have a source from this, from an early sefer called Minhagim of Ermeza, that says that the Minig Ashkenaz 
sourced itself from Bnei Eretz Yisrael, whereas Minek Sfarad sourced itself from Bnei Babel. And here's a very interesting thing. There is a very big difference between Bnei Babel and Bnei Eretz Yisrael, and that was Babel, many people in Babel never moved to Eretz Yisrael after the first Harvin. There remained a kahila of Jews in Babel after the first Harbin through the whole period of the second Beis HaMikdash. It's talked about in Ezra, it's talked about in Daniel, that in Nehemiah they didn't want to go up. And there was a reason, they had a valid reason why they didn't want to go up. Ezra punished them, but there was a valid reason. The reason was because they didn't view the second Beis HaMikdash as a valid Beis HaMikdash. And essentially, there's a big discussion in the Swaram, it wasn't meant to be. Really, there was going to be the first Beis HaMikdash, and then the final Beis HaMikdash was Mashiach. The second Beis HaMikdash was kind of a smile that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, you know what, we'll give you something to tide you over. It was, it was not viewed as a real Gula because it wasn't. They were still under the full dominion of the Persian Empire, and then under Alexander the Great, and then Yavon, and then they had a little reprieve, very short, and then they came under the rule of the Romans. So they never had their own true bylaws, their own their ownership of Eretz Yisrael. They were constantly under the dominion of the nations of the world. So it was really gullus, even though we were in Eretz Yisrael. We had the base of Mikdash. But it wasn't a true Geula at any point, the Geula of, of Ezra. It could have been, it had the potential to be, it could have been as many Nisim as Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, that didn't happen, it didn't pan out. So they didn't go up. So at those people who stayed in Babel, when the second base of Mikdash was destroyed, it wasn't as big a deal to them as it was to the people who lived in Eretz Yisrael. And the Sefer that talks about it points out, and I wasn't aware of this, and I don't know exactly how this plays out today, that some Sfaradim put on Tefillin by Shachris on Tisha B'av. Yeah? You're aware of that? Okay, so Minig of Ashkenazim is... Oh, interesting. You don't bring an issue. Do it in the morning. Okay. So he wants to explain it in this fashion. He wants to explain it that the Ashkenazi Minik takes itself from the Bnei Eretz Yisrael who treated the Charbon Beis Mikdash at the time when they instituted these Takanis as a real Avelus, whereas the second Beis with the, 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 the people in Bavel, they had stopped observing Tisha B'Av, because that the Navi said, you don't have to observe Tisha B'Av while the second base of Mikdash was built, but they were expecting the second base of Mikdash to get destroyed, they understood that it was very temporary, and therefore it didn't hit them the same way. And as a result, the Minhagim played out that way as well. That's the way he wants to explain the reason why there's such a stark difference in these Minhagim of uh, of Avelis and the Harbin between Ashkenazim and Sfaradim. Sfaradim take it from Bnei Babel, Ashkenazim take it from Bnei Yisrael, and that was the difference. He, this, this is his suggestion. Yeah. But what about, what about, what about Chazal itself? Meaning? Meaning Chazal and Babel. What did they do? They instituted very, very just certain halachas, right? They made halachas. I mean, Hagam are what developed later as we saw that people felt we need to do more. We need to do more. We need to get into this more. We need to demonstrate that we feel it more. And, and the, the people from, the way he's explaining it, the people from the, who, 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 from Bnei Eretz Yisrael, uh, Bnei Babel, they felt like it was, it, it's, it's so long ago, Kilu, you would think that should be, obligate us more, but they just didn't put in the same uh, amount of emotion into it. That's, that's, the way, that, that's the way he's explaining it. What? It's like hundreds of years later. Four, five hundred years later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Correct. 
you mean when these minhagim started yeah. to when these times started? So even why why would it necessarily work that way? I think the way I understand it is it's an approach to minig bechlal. Let me explain that what I mean. This is and this is the second theory which I have, and these two things I think work together. Why do we have minhagim to begin with? Why why did who felt the need to start adding to the to what the Gemara says? Oh, we have enough halachas. What was the point of adding to it? We have derises, we have derabanans, we have mishmeres. Minhagim aren't any of those. Minhagim are a whole different kind of thing. We don't add minhagim so that we keep ourselves away from averis. Minhagim are, they give flavor, they give culture, so to speak, to Judaism. They give symbolism. What was the pshat in them? So this also, I think, was a very marked difference between Sephardim and Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim, the Gros says, the pshat and the minhage Ashkenaz is because the more, further we got away from the base of Mikdash, the further we got entrenched in Golis, the more powerful the Erev Rav, that's in Kabbalistic terms, any, all, the, all the, the, the outside influences that come into Klal Yisrael, you know, that, not the spiritual ones, but the living ones are referred to as Erev Rav. They're somehow connected to those Erev Rav. You know exactly how that works. I don't know, but that's what they refer to. So there is the influence of the Erev Rav that became stronger and stronger and stronger. And therefore we felt the need to be mysif on what we had to try to push them out and to reinforce what we have. Which means Minhagim, the purpose of Minhagim, according to everybody, is to bring Mashiach. Because we feel we're getting further away from our source, further away what we're stuck with, further away what we feel. We need to reinforce it. We need to make it stronger. And the Ashkenaz approach to that was that there are influences that are trying to weaken what we have, they're trying to weaken our, what we feel about Yiddishkeit, we have to make it stronger, we have to make it more pronounced. Svaradim and Hagim largely are based on Zoya, based on Kabbalah. The Svaradi approach was, which is also many, many sources, that Mashiach will be brought specifically through more knowledge of Said, more knowledge of Chachmas HaKabalah, the more, the bigger spread of the Hanhagas Hazoya. And that's very much, many Sephardish and Minhagim are based and come off what it is, what it says in, in Zoya and the, the Tamida Arizal and etc. So the approach was, of Minig is the same. How are we going to bring Mashiach? And it's just two different kind of ways to approach it. One way is approach to strengthen this that Chazal taught us, we're supposed to have certain emotions, we certain have, have a certain approach to Kharbin. It's getting weakened, it's getting shvach, we have to make it stronger. And the other approach was, let's take, the, get deeper into the Torah, let's get into the Saitis of Torah, let's bring that up to the front and give that a more of a solidity, more of a, a validity. Let's practice that and that's the way we'll bring Kedusha to Haradan and bring Mashiach. So it was two different approaches and I think it plays back into what this concept is as well. That whether it was because they were from Bnei Babel or from Bnei Eretz Yisrael, they felt that there was a different way to approach this issue of, of Zeichel Lecharbim. I saw, I looked on the internet, I was curious, anybody wrote about it. And um, I saw someone wrote, a Svara, <laughs> and uh, it just made me laugh. He wrote that perhaps the reason why Sfaradim and Ashkenazim are different is because the Sfaradim's approach is the opposite. Sh- who says there's going to be a Tishabov? Let's not bring it on earlier. Maybe there won't even be a Tishabav. Maybe Mashiach will come before Tishabav. So, so let's, not, let's not bring it on earlier. Okay, so, you know, someone came up with that idea. I don't think there's anything to it. 
essentially, but uh, what, what the, 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 he's right in his underlining concept, which means that is the way minhagim work. Minhagim do base themselves on what do we need to do to make this more real? What do we need to do to make ourselves stronger in Gaulus? What is necessary for us to, to, to bring our Yiddishkeit and set it on fire? And that's where there was a difference of opinion. What's the right way to approach it? Where the Svaradim approached it one way, and Taka, they said, rather, it's not important to extend the Minhage Avelus earlier. We'll do it in a different way. We'll find our, our, our own approach to, 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 to the, the Hanhaga of Avelus, whereas the Ashkenazim felt that, no, we have to make ourselves more maneuver, more sad, more demonstrative of what this Avelus is going on. I wasn't able to find a lot about this. <laughs> there's, very, there's a surprising silence when there is such a marked difference. You don't find such a marked difference between Minhagim of Svaradim and Ashkenazim. Like the only other place where it's like a real marked difference is uh, Slichus for El, right? Svaradim so say the whole El, we just say it uh, for, for uh, starting from Rosh Hashanah. In other places in Halacha, there are differences in Halacha, what? Well, with uh, kidneys, you mean? Kidney is okay. Yeah, it's a thing. True. True. Right, 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 right. No, yeah, that kidney is a, is, a, is, a, is a difference. It's a specific difference, yeah. But I'm just saying, this is not just a, a, a specific hanhaga. It's a, diff- it's, it's a vast difference in approach. It's just these, this whole part of the summer is a different world for Ashkenazim and for Sfaradim. And it's just very interesting. Even the, why, why, you know, you'd think more people would discuss it, yeah. Even the Kedusha, you could argue, is a different approach where the way the, the way Sfaradim recite Kedusha, which one actually the, the Nusach HaTfilah, you mean. Yeah. So that is very much based on Kabbalah. So right. That's very clear. That, that's Nusach Hari or whatever. You know, the earlier sources is very much Kabbalah-based. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to just make one last point uh, regarding Sfaradim and Ashkenazim, and this goes back to the Rishonim. You also see an approach to Halacha, and this is really going to be another Shir, Be'ez Hashem, when we continue this series. Regarding the approach of the Svaradi Rishonim and the Ashkenazi Rishonim when it comes to Halacha. You'll have, if you come across this, you'll, when I say it now, you'll remind yourselves that you can have a, a, a stira in Gemara. Stira, one Gemara and another Gemara, they sister each other. And you'll have the Rambam and you'll have Taisis. And this is what will almost always happen. The Rambam will learn, it's a Machlaikas Asugis, and I'll pass him like one. And Tysus will say, Rabbeinu Tam said that this Gemara is talking about like this, and this Gemara is talking about like that. The reset, this Gemara is talking about like this, and this Gemara is talking about like that. And they'll make a Yishu for the two Sugis, and it'll come out of Nafkamin Halacha because it depends on this and it depends on that. And this is something that repeats itself often. The Balai Tysus, Rashi, the Rush, that whole stream of thought approached learning up Talmud Bavli that there is a license to add to it. There's a license to explain further than the simple understanding of the text. And the Rishayinim, as the Rif and the Ramam, their approach was, you have to stick to the text. If there's a stira, it's a stira. And we pass them like one and not like the other. And it's also possible, again, I didn't see this, but as a speculation that, well, as Hashem, like I said, will address this difference in approach. There's a lot more to talk about this. But it's a possible that that approach affected the way Minhagim developed as well. That there was a reluctance in the Svaradish of Minhagim to add to the Gemara. There was a certain um, 
approach of sticking to what is, you know, what's a text, what's in the Gemara, what's halacha lamaisa, and not adding to it. You see that in other places as well. Shkara. 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 Shkara.